0: Hi, I'm Dr. Rebecca May, and this is our Advances. Follow along as we explore all renal research happenings at our laboratories. Welcome to Arcana Advances, where we discuss exciting new research in renal pathology performed by our very own physicians. I'm Dr. Rebecca May, and today we have Dr. Joel Murphy, who will be discussing his recent publication in KI Reports titled Infantile Nephrocalcinosis Resulting from a Pathogenic CYP24A1 Mutation. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm going to hold up your paper here so everybody can see. (laughs) Thanks
1: so much for having me. Yeah. And that's a mouthful, isn't it? It is. <laughs>
0: so you did this work as a visiting resident to Arcana, right?
1: I did. Yep. So uh, I was uh, privileged enough to come down to do a rotation and and uh, kind of get to see um, lots of interesting cases while I was down here, uh, including including this, this interesting case of nephrocalcinosis and uh, was able to kind of write it up uh, in the process. So. And you
0: were here for a month?
1: Yes. Actually, I did kind of two two tours of duty, (laughs) as we'll put it. Uh, Most people come down kind of for a four-week rotation, and and I kind of split it into two just just as my schedule was allowed. So I came down uh, for two weeks, uh, I think at the end of my second year. uh, No, sorry, beginning of second year, and then came back the following year for two more weeks. And that's when I uh, wrote wrote the case up. So.
0: Yeah, we do have a resident award here, right? To so, um, sponsor a few residents a year coming down and visiting our canna and learning some kidney pathology. So Absolutely. it's nice to see yeah. that that is um, really inspiring some careers. <laughs> yeah.
1: So come on down.
0: <laughs> so first, very broadly, can you tell us what nephrocalcinosis is?
1: Yeah. So so nephrocalcinosis is kind of our the the histologic finding of uh, intratubulo interstitial uh, calcium phosphate deposition and uh, somewhat kind of nonspecific from an etiologic standpoint, but the diagnosis nonetheless.
0: And where do we usually see, like what sort of patients do you usually see nephrocalcinosis in?
1: Yeah, so we typically think of, you know, nephrocalcinosis and typically seen in in younger folks, but we can see it in infants, premature infants um, that have immature tubules Um, as tubular maturation is still occurring, um, those that are getting too much calcium or or vitamin D. Um, And then we really think about it as well in adults, you know, things like uh, milk alkali syndrome, any hypervitaminosis D, vitamin A uh as well as uh, malignancy hyperparathyroidism Mm. kind of kind of a laundry list of (laughs) a lot of (laughs) of reasons that can lead to hypercalcemia
0: but it's pretty rare in infants right it
1: is it is um and again and the other the other big thing to think about in the kiddos is genetic causes Mm. as well which i forgot to to list
0: so tell us about the patient that you received this biopsy from
1: yeah so the the patient was a uh, 11 month uh American Indian boy uh who was born at term uh was uh delivered at 41 weeks for for D cells I think was was the reason but um eventually kind of had some some poor uh weight gain kind of had hypotonia was not meeting milestones, you know, um, and then just kind of came into his PCP's office for, for a checkup, and they found out that his calcium was extremely elevated. So oh. that kind of prompted. He actually got admitted to the hospital, which they confirmed the hypercalcemia, and that kind of you know jump started the the workup. So
0: yeah, and he had an elevated creatinine too, right? He did for yeah. a infant.
1: Yeah, he did. I think it was point nine initially at the. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think that, I think it was around point nine, which is which is very high for for his age. So
0: high for yeah for a, uh, a baby. Eleven months, yeah. So what did you see on that kidney biopsy?
1: Yeah. So the biopsy overall, you know, starting, you know, we always think about going through the different compartments and the glomeruli, you know, nothing was really abnormal. Everything looked good. There was no proliferation, you know, and the biggest, the vessels looked good. The biggest finding was basically excessive uh, calcium phosphate precipitant, you know, within the tubules and throughout the interstitium. Um, And that was kind of the main feature by IF. You know, there was no immune complex deposition in EM. We didn't really have any, uh, and he had deposits or you know significant foot process effacement, anything like that. So, so it was
0: everywhere. It wasn't. It, was, it wasn't subtle.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was everywhere. It was throughout the whole biopsy. Um, just. I mean, just riddled with calcium phosphate. So, okay. And, so. and we were able to do a, a von Kossa stain as well, which you know kind of confirmed that it was that there was a calcium phosphate there. So.
0: Hmm. Okay. So the patient had nephrocalcinosis. Then you made that diagnosis and then also this developmental delay picture so there was a concern for a genetic etiology mm-hmm. right so what did that genetic workup reveal
1: yeah so we we sent out the the genetic workup the panel which uh, showed a uh, mutation in the CYP24A1 gene and uh, actually showed a nonsense uh, or kind of premature change from uh, cytosine to thymine which led to basically a truncated CYP2A4 hmm 24 a one excuse me, uh, <laughs> enzyme, um, basically leaving the enzyme kind of faulty or, you know, not not useful, so.
0: And what is that enzyme? What does it do?
1: Yeah, so CYP24A1 is, is um, you know, basically our, our bodies are always kind of in a state of kind of physiologic balance, you know, and homeostasis uh, specifically, you know, with all of our electrolytes and, and things, but, um, you know, and cyp P two four a one is you know utilized to basically kind of help with that balance and in inactivate uh, active uh, vitamin D and help mm. kind of with its excretion. So when that enzyme isn't functioning properly, you wind up with with high levels of vitamin D and 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 then the um, high levels of calcium.
0: And this was a new variant that that was, it was. discovered, yeah. right?
1: It was, yep. So it had had not been described before, so.
0: Why do you think that it's important to publish on these variants, especially the new ones?
1: So, uh, sorry, before I, and it is autosomal recessive. Sorry, I think I left uh, left that off too. So So the parents both. So both mom, so in subsequent testing as well, uh, both mom and dad both were carriers of the gene and the kiddo inherited both bad copies. So that's that's what led to the the disease state in his case. So, Mm -hmm. and then answering, um, your, your other question here um, yeah it's it's important to, to you know publish these case these case reports um, and case series of these these novel findings because you know molecular, you know we we've made so many strides in the last you know 5 to 10 years in the era of genetics and molecular diagnostics and but we've really just grazed the surface of of the information that we know and the technology that we're that we have you know we're developing crispr cas and all this stuff mm-hmm. that's coming out and potentially being able to uh, you know, edit different genes, and but we still don't always know when we do these molecular assays and find these these uh, mutations whether or not they're actually leading to a disease state. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it's it, it you know it's it's good to publish these cases so that you know specifically geneticists and and other people kind of working in the field um, you know can start to kind of hone in on whether or not these each one of these little changes actually leads to disease or or, um, cause there's so many things that are, um, or at least the way I, I refer to them, they call them vooses or these yes. variants of unknown Unc- significance, yeah. you know, or uncertain significance. And, you know, there's so many of those and we're just, we're really still just trying to tease out what's, what's causing problems and what's, what doesn't
0: yeah there's so much work going on to create these databases that molecular pathologists use to try to determine whether a mutation is a problem or not right so Mm -hmm. it's so important to really do the work and put this stuff out there so that next time you know this is found there'll be a wonderful paper out there so people can (laughs) know what to expect and tell parents and you know help with each case Yes. Yeah,
1: And you raise a good point too there that, um, you know, clinically, we always think about this kind of from the perspective of, you know, being able to at least just, it's not only just identifying the mutation, but it also, you know, does give the family, okay, we have a reason. Now we, now as parents, I know why yes. this is happening, you know, yes. and, and so I think that's also, you know, important being a parent myself, yes. that, you know, that it wasn't you giving your, your child too much yes. <laughs> Vitamin D or something like that, it's nice to know when, when it's uh, there is a real cause. Yes, so.
0: yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and for publishing this. It Absolutely. was really um, wonderful to talk about this. Thank you for having This me. case report. And so to find more information about um, research that's currently ongoing and published at Arcana Labs, feel free to come to our website at arcanalabs.com and follow us on Twitter at Arcana Labs. Follow me on Twitter at Rebecca May underscore RP. That's for renal path.
1: And you can follow me at MD underscore Murph.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Murphy.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes Store. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.